This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Relax, this is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. Will, uh, one of the most compelling storylines in the Tofopiverse over the past couple mm. of years was the debate around whether or not I stole a dog or I liberated a dog. Uh, okay, okay, cool. For those who, uh, who, who have missed the story, um, about a year ago, I had some new neighbours move in. Hadn't met them yet. Jim and I came back. Um, to our house after being away for a couple of days. And Sorry, we should do this officially. Previously on Tofop. <laughs> we heard a dog barking and um, I went round, saw the dog. It was on its own in the backyard. All the lights were out. Owners were clearly not home. Got the number off the dog's collar, texted the owner to say, hey man, kind of a passive aggressive text. Hey man, your dog's barking. My daughter can't sleep. When are you going to be home? Didn't hear anything back. Dog's still barking. About an hour later, I'd go around. I'm like, oh, this poor thing seems a bit scared. So I jumped the fence of the neighbors that I haven't met before, grabbed their dog, jumped back over the fence, took him into our house, got him comfortable. Important lesson to learn, by the way. You know, sometimes when you're angry at somebody, you've just got to walk a mile in their paws. (laughs) You've got to get inside the head of the dog and empathize with the dog and say, you know what? Maybe the reason this dog is being so loud and so annoying is the dog is just scared. And if I just extend my hand to their poor, yeah. then I can, you know, make a little connection. What's that um, in Planet of the Apes? There's like a, a slogan that the monkeys bond, bind around. It's something like, you know, no poor make a fist or something like that. Podcast, Mike, can, oh, you, oh. can you look up what um, in the Planet of the Apes Caesar's motto is? Like there's some monkey kind I of... I was about to say that it was uh, two, two legs bad, four legs yeah, good, but that's Animal, animal Farm. farm. Yeah. <laughs> It's something like that. It's like, you know, opposable thumb. Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, monkey. Get out of this. This is monkey business. <laughs> Stop monkeying around. None of your monkey business. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I took the dog back to our place, stayed overnight. Um, the neighbors arrived back the next day, completely oblivious. Their phones had been off. They didn't get my messages. Um, and look, everything was fine after that with the neighbors. Became very friendly with them. Um, but the debate raged. Mm. on uh, TOEFOP amongst our comments. Did Charlie steal did a dog? Did Charlie steal a dog or did Charlie liberate a dog? It seems to be if you fall in the category of mm. believing in personal property and um, space and fences mm. and borders that I was a thief. If you're a dog yes. lover, I had a lot of dog lovers going, I would have done the same thing. A lot of people requesting photos of said dog. Um, a lot of a lot of fellow thieves. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. A lot of other people who are just looking for an excuse to steal a dog. Uh, look, I think if I had gone into their house, sure, that's mm. crossed a line. But like yeah. there is literally a hedge fence separating our two properties, not even a real mm. fence, like vegetation. 
a, a miniature forest. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I could have walked through our miniature forest to get this dog. I just jumped the fence because that was the closest access to the dog. I mean, I, we may have mentioned this last time, but did you consider Homer Simpson style just backing through the hedge? <laughs> <laughs> like a T-1000, just like morphing into the edge. I did. You just go, you know what? I'm just doing a meme, guys. I did. This isn't a crime. This is a meme. <laughs> I did consider that when I went around the next morning to return the dog. Mm. And the owner started reading my passive aggressive text messages sent at like mm-hmm. 10 p.m. the night before. Then I was like, oh shit, this is embarrassing. I need to disappear. The bit, the one that you sent at two o'clock in the morning that says, I will only return your dog in exchange for $1 million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in the subsequent year, uh, became Got a pretty be- nice dog here. You just send back a little uh, clipping, <laughs> a, a clipping of its hair. <laughs> be a real pity. And the guy's like, <laughs> thank God. Dog. Clipping a dog's claws is a nightmare. Yeah. You've done really it really hard. How did you do it? How did you actually get him to sit down for the clipping? And you, did you want, yeah, well, you know what? Here's some of his anal glands I expressed as well. What do you think of that? I express his anal glands to make my coffee. What? What are you doing? What, what I don't know. Guy? I'll be honest. I lost this thread a long time ago. I don't even know if I'm on the side of I'm good or bad woods. anymore. I'm deep in the madness. Uh, so uh, the point being, Became uh, good friends with the neighbours. Um, you know, the dog came to stay of its own free will uh, many times when they went away. Stockholm syndrome. They, uh, but they've moved out recently. So about four, oh. uh, just before the floods, actually, they moved out. Um, funny, actually, because they moved into uh, an area not far from Lismore. And mm. so when the floods were, after the floods had happened, I knew that they'd just bought this new place. And so I, I texted the guy to say, hey, man, like, mm. are you okay? Do you need help? And he wrote back a rather kind of like, it was confusing. He's like, oh, no, man, I'm all good. Thanks a lot. Um, if I do need help, I'll, you know, I'll hit you up. Maybe we can have a couple of beers. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you aware? <laughs> like half of the Northern Rivers is underwater. And then I spoke to him and it turns out, no, like the place that he was completely oblivious, the place they bought is on a hill. And because it was a new house, he'd just been painting for two days with headphones on and had completely... Like he completely missed the natural disaster that was unfolding around him. So when I texted him, he thought I was offering to help him as in, hey, do you want me to come around and pick up a paintbrush? Do some painting. Yeah. Exactly. I'll bring my own headphones. Yeah. We don't even have to chat. Yeah. We certainly won't get any local news. <laughs> Why am I wet when I arrived at the door? Don't need to worry about Why it. Why did I arrive okay. in a You'll live on a hill. Yeah. That's like kayak <laughs> to your front door. Why did I get delivered here by Mick Fanning on the back of a jet ski? <laughs> don't get into it, mate. It's fine. So uh, um, they've moved into this new place and uh, uh, we uh, decided to catch up. It's been a while since we've seen them. And so um, we thought we'll get babysitter. They've got two kids, two young kids, around about the same age as as Iona. Um, We'll get a babysitter. We'll go for a nice fancy lunch at a nice fancy place and um, have a a fancy grown-ups lunch, which we did yesterday. And it was fantastic. Now, in the back of my mind has always been this, not concerned, but aware. Now, hang on. Where was the dog? Was the babysitter looking after the dog as well? Yes, was the yeah. like babysitter and dog? Dog sitter? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That's how it generally works. Because uh, we are also minding a dog, coincidentally, at the moment for friends who are away. And we had a babysitter. So her, her job now, was twofold. The big question, though, Charlie, is do those friends know that you've got their dog? <laughs> or have you just gone over knowing they're away and stolen their dog? Funnily enough... No, I had permission this time, but I did have to go around to their place and get it because they were in Sydney and they realised they weren't going to be able to make it back. So I did have to go around right. to their Who place. Who do we know I'm who's an willing to break into somebody's house and get a dog? You're like the George Clooney of like, 
stealing dogs. You have Oceans. A, you're the no, you're the Liam Neeson. You have right. a particular set of skills. <laughs> if you need a dog kidnapped. Oh, you yeah. know what it is? It's more than Liam Neeson. It's like um that Chris Hemsworth film, Extraction, you know how they send Chris Hemsworth into like the most dangerous parts of the world to like extract. Mm. That's me. If you've got a dog that's in that needs well, to be liberated. Not a particularly dangerous situation, just a shut mm. gate or something. Mm. <laughs> like I'm your barking man. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your dude. Not even and in if danger. It's near where I live, hopefully. So always in the back of my mind has been this awareness that, you know, we got a fair bit of mileage out of these neighbors, like quite a few episodes yeah. worth of content. Um, and I don't think they've ever really been aware of what I do. Like, you know, I think they're aware that, you know, Jeremy and I both work in like the arts and stuff mm. and that I've done some acting and things like that. But as far as I knew, like, they don't know anything about this dirty little secret. <laughs> they've been around and stuff, but they've never asked questions about, you know, the wall behind me or why there's like microphones and a camera in my office or anything like that. So I love that you consider your career a dirty little secret, by the way. <laughs> it explains a lot about how a business is going. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we were at lunch and um, I can't remember how the subject came up, but um one of them was sort of saying, oh. Probably and- like this, I imagine, Charlie. You were like, hey, have you guys ever heard of the Boy Band 5? <laughs> because I have a lot of thoughts. Just a little diversion, just something uh, um, I received uh, uh, before we started recording. So uh, this is from uh, a listener who sent me a link, uh, Teleporting Cat on Twitter. She said that... Um, you might be interested in this, Charlie, if you're taking Iona back to Scotland anytime soon. So this is from the dailyrecord.co.uk, which is just like a local tabloid. The headline, Boy Band Superstars 5 set to play Ayrshire Bingo Hall as part of a 90s throwback show. Oh, no. Down at the Bingo Hall. 90s Superstar Boy Band 5 is set to play their next gig in Irvine's Bingo Hall. The Everybody Get Up Singers will be the headline act as Irvine's Buzz Bingo, based in Townhead, gets set to relaunch. <laughs> I mean, I would hope that in the time leading up to the five gig, every time they do bingo at that bingo hall, like, you know how yeah. it's like Legs 11 yeah, yeah. or like, you know, 88 Two Fat Ladies. You probably can't say that anymore. But um, I hope when they say five, everybody, everybody get up. up. Yeah. Everybody get up. Yeah. And so when anyone has a five, everybody has to get up, stretch their old legs. Good good to get the circulation going. Well, what I love about whoever had to write the copy for this little mm. press release, they was like, the directive was, can you cram in as many hits as you can into this like yeah. five paragraph right. brief? So it's the everybody get up singers will be the headline act as Irvine's Buzz Bingo based in Townhead gets set to relaunch. So they are like Buzz Bingo has obviously mm. been closed down for a refurb. And they're like, we need to, we need to relaunch yeah. with a bang. Buzz at Bingo is back, and we need three of the original members of Five to come and help us launch this thing. The next sentence: three of the original members of Five <laughs> uh, will rock you in inverted commas. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, when they play the gig on uh, Saturday, June eighteen, fans will get the chance to win thousands of pounds up for grabs during 15 bingo games before five play their best known hits like Slam Dunk the Funk oh, yeah. and Let's Dance. And then the last paragraph is, just in case you weren't aware, the boy band superstars who rock the UK charts from 97 will be supported by a DJ on the night who will be playing all the bangers from the 90s. Can I ask this? Can I ask this? <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> the main act 
is three of the five three of the yeah. five members of five. Three out of five. Our singing, favorite band. Our favorite boy band, three out of five. Singing to three a back fifths. singing to a backing track. All the video yeah. evidence I've seen is it's the three of them on stage singing to a backing track. I gotta be honest with you, I never imagined they were touring with the live band. Well, this is my question. But they're being supported by a DJ who's gonna play like the ninety sits. I imagine it's pretty much the DJ show and at some point three of the five, five three members of five get up and sing over you know, a handful of songs from that 90s bangers list. I mean, I assume that Five aren't going to Millie Vanilli it, though. No. Like, I assume that Five are still going to come out and do the uh, live vocals yeah. over a My point track. being, though, like, the bulk of the work has been done by the person who is playing the 90s tracks. And at some point, like, if you just say you're playing, like, every top 10 song from 1997 to 2000, right? Mm-hmm. And you're the DJ entrusted with doing that. And there's 30 songs and five of them are by five. Of course, it's five songs. So you're doing the bulk of the work. You're just playing, playing. But at some point, three of the five, three members of five get up and sing over five of those tracks and then get back down again. But it's still really, you could argue it's the DJ show. Well, no, because the DJ is playing first and then five come on and they play. Now, what you are saying would make sense if the DJ was just doing like the chronological. Years, last three years of the 90s <laughs> mega mix, right? And every now and again, he would drop in a song by the boy band five. And when he did, the boy band five, three of the original members of the boy <laughs> band five would come out and do it over the top. Now, that's a show I would like to see by the, the way, because that'd be great because you'd never know when he was going to drop in the five. So this is mm. the thing. Like, oh, they've got to be on their toes as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> at the side of the stage at all times. And occasionally he does that thing DJs do where they play like an opening riff of it yeah. and then go into something else. And you're, like one of the guys is already out on stage yeah. and you're like, nah. It's like yet. musical chairs. You get eliminated. Yeah. Like, and see, maybe you'll get down to the one member of five. <laughs> it's like Yeah, we're going to find out who the, who the actual. There can be only one member of five in brackets. One, one fifth. <laughs> Could you still tour? Like, just say yeah. the other two. Just say, like, Richie yeah. quit and Scott mm. quit. So it's just Sean. Yeah. Could he still tour as five? As five. One-fifth. One-fifth. Just doing the songs of five all by himself. Well, John Stevens still tours mm. as Noiseworks, even though mm. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not playing with any of the original members of Noiseworks. But doesn't John Stevens kind of tour as if he's John Stevens and then just play some Noiseworks songs and some John Stevens songs? Yeah, I guess he's not billing himself as Noiseworks. It's John Stevens yeah. of Sean's Noiseworks. Sean's got to have one other solo hit. Right. Sean's got to have something that he's done solo. He's got to like release an acoustic song or something and then it hits the charts. So then you've got a night where Sean plays his acoustic song, but he also does the five, the five, the, the five top five. Oh. Like it is good that five in some ways only had five good songs. There's a, a, I feel like that it, that is really exactly what five should have been. There's a horrible video online. Well, I don't know if it's horrible. I found it horrible. Maybe Sean's cool mm. with it. But in 2011, Sean auditioned for the UK X Factor, um, you know, the blind auditions. And so he came out and sang a song, like an acoustic song played on the mm. piano. Okay. And none of the judges turned around. Oh. And then when the judges did turn around, one of the judges, she was like, oh, I recognize you. You from the boy band five, right? Oh my God. Like yours was the first concert I ever went into in 1990. Anyway, uh, thanks for you singing. You're not coming on the show. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. One follow-up question. Yeah. Is Jay okay? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know where Jay is? Um, I, I have a question about yeah. the song. Again, we've got yeah. distracted by the boy band five, but um, I have a question about the song Slam Dunk the funk mm-hmm. 
So what was like most of the other songs, I get what the sort of lyrical content was meant to be, but is this them saying that they have so much funk What when they come to the party, they are not just going to like shoot the funk. They're not going to shoot a three pointer of the funk or like post up like at the free throw line and like, you know, do an alley-oop of the funk. They are there to slam dunk the funk. Uh, to be honest, uh, slam dunk the funk is the, the track I've probably listened to the least. It was their first, it was one of their earliest singles trying to nail that American market. Cause you know, they're five British guys like basketball and, you know, youth culture in Britain don't get really go hand in hand. Oh, so do you think this is like, uh, this is down at the five offices, the yes. people who are in charge yeah, of Simon the Cowell, five are just like, they'll deliver, hey, yeah. Like then, if we've you got to the, take you into America, yeah. Like, what's a really American thing? And they're like basketball. basketball. What's a it's what's a, a basketball term? I don't know. Um, <laughs> foul? Can we yeah. foul the toilets? No, that's not that's not it. Let's let's try some other ones. Uh, <laughs> dribble, like dribble down my top. Okay, yeah. these are none of these are bad ideas, but I don't yeah. think we've I've got, got, it I've got yet. some lyrics here. I like my sex like my basketball, one on one with as little dribbling as possible. <laughs> No, well, let's just do a second draft on this one. Um, okay, so Slam slam yeah. Dunk, and we've talked about this before. My favorite pop song is the one that uses parentheses. So it's like, yeah. this is the name of the song, but just in case. I'll do anything for love in brackets, but I won't do that. So Slam Dunk, parentheses, Da Funk. And it's not and So it is, it is Da Funk. Da Funk, yeah. Okay. Um, like Daft Punk, but Da Funk. Yeah. Okay. Is five. there any chance that they wanted to slam dunk Daft Punk? Well, Daft Punk even like their heads kind of look like b- basketballs anyway. We want to slam dunk Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah, it's actually very long, so let's just race okay. through this. Okay, mm. we're five bad boys with the power to rock you, blowing your mind. So you got to get into five. What you're waiting for? If you want to go three, two, one, let's do it. That's the little intro. Okay. Can I just? I know that we don't want to get bogged down forever in this, but. Do you think when five perform Slam Dunk the Funk now, mm. they start by saying there's five of them or have oh. they adjusted the lyrics to the yeah, no. that there's three of them? Well, from what I've seen, the three members of five, mm. there's a because they have, pl- I think pretty much every song they refer to themselves as mm. being five people or we're five and they don't change the lyrics. I think they okay. even, they, there's like a roll call in one of the songs. They name check each of the members and they, they keep that in as well. <laughs> Uh, okay, do you want to get freaky when the five of us make one? You got to push the good vibes on if you really want to feel it. Got the flavor in my soul, but I really need to know. Do you want to get down? Do you want to get funky? Do you want to get down? Slam dunk the funk, put it up. Slam dunk the funk, put it up. Slam dunk the funk, put it up, put it up. Okay, here's some here's some um, uh, basketball vernacular. So I'm assuming okay, there's good. a double meaning. This is either about sex or something. You got to shoot, pass, slam, baby. Time to set it off. <laughs> Does that sound like sex to you? Got to shoot, pass, slam, I baby. I mean, shoot. Yeah, sure, I can understand that. I'll what be up, pass up be? and away, and above the rim. <laughs> it's oh, sounding rimming? pretty. Okay, rimming. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty early reference to rimming in popular culture. I mean, this was the wet ass pussy of the time. It's true. So you got to shoot, pass, slam, baby, to set it off. I'll be up, away, above the rim, and hook your shot. Alley-oop, baby. Whoop, whoop. There it is. And now I've got you. Three seconds left. It's enough time for me to rock you. <laughs> okay. Just a... They have literally just got like a whole bunch of basketball. Yeah, I'm at the top of your key, <laughs> shooting a three. 
I'm in the paint and you ain't. <laughs> I'm going to make you faint. <laughs> like, but it's also like the idea of some sweaty dude on top of you just like yelling all this stuff out. Yeah, three seconds left. Just, it's just, just enough time to rock you. Just give us three seconds and I'll rock your world. I don't think that's how it works, mate. Well, more than that. Uh, Now check it, how I flip the rock beat, because I get it with everybody and they want to be the man with a hey, yippee-yo, yippee-yay, four-quarter slam. Everybody grab a party and just get down. Do you want to get funky? Put the slam down. Okay, here we go. There's some name checking here. You want to know what hits you like a forklift truck? Okay. <laughs> where, Interesting. We've taken where did a little that come from? Different metaphor there. Whatever. They just ran out of basketball analogies. <laughs> the, the, the guy who wrote this song was just looking around the factory where he worked his day job. It's like packing boxes. I don't like foxes. Hunting's for losers. We're just a bunch of boozers. <laughs> okay. You want to know what hits you like a forklift truck? We got J Ab. Mm-hmm. Well, he says J-A-B, which is weird because he's known as Abs. J-A-B, Rich, Sean, and Scott rocking extra hard. Curricular ladies love a particular fella. What? Curricular ladies love particular fella who knock Demeter, get the boom shake regular. I mean, what does that mean? Now. What does curricular, like-, like in isolation, mean curricular? Like, I, I know mean, what extracurricular means, but right. what's the definition of curricular? So part of- I mean, I guess part of the curriculum, the prescribed text for learning. Curricular ladies love particular fella. Yeah. I mean, again, it's the fella doesn't have a lot to do with basketball either. <laughs> like the old fella? Curricular ladies love a particular fella who knock... Okay, is, is he suggesting that he's hanging out at a lot of schools? Because this is a crime, if <laughs> that's what he's saying. Curricular ladies love a particular fella who okay. knock Demeter, get the boom shake regular. Five bad boys, honey, no, we don't quit till we hit the rebound sound with a kick. I think whoever wrote this has never seen a game of basketball. No, <laughs> definitely he thinks there's forklifts involved in but Maybe he went to see the Harlem Globetrotters. And right. like, you know, in the second half, they start like, you know, hang on. Yeah, bring a forklift truck. This guy's doing a slam dunk on a forklift truck. <laughs> yeah. And this guy's just riding it all down going, this is great for the boys. <laughs> the rebound sound with a kick. So come on, everybody. Everybody in tune. As I boom shake a rocking booty, give me room, clap your hands, move your feet, push it in, pull it out to the beat. <laughs> Oh, that sounds gross. Clap your hands, move your feet, push it in, pull it out to the beat. Push it in and pull it out. Pull it out. (laughs) (laughs) Would you you like if I pushed it in and pulled it out a little? (laughs) That's some pretty hot pillow talk. (laughs) All I need is three seconds and I will rock you. Like a forklift truck. (laughs) You You need a license to ride me. Okay, uh, where were we? All right, so I was out to lunch with my neighbours yep. and yes. um, I'm pretty sure like, you know, they don't really know what I do or they have vague ideas. Turns out they do know what I'm doing because um, I don't know how we got onto it, but he's like, oh yeah, and so you do that podcast with um, that comedian Will Anderson. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he said, oh, I've been listening to it. And I was like, oh, fuck. And he's like, yeah, yeah, well, a mate of mine is a huge fan, the, um, the, the, the two guys cut one. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah the yeah, footy yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he's gone, yeah, I hate AFL, but I really like it. It's really funny, which I think is as good an advertisement for Do Guys One Cup as anything. It's like, you don't like football? We've got the footy podcast. 
just oh, yeah. for you. And I got to be honest with you, from week to week, Charlie and I don't like football either. Yeah. So it just depends on which week you get us. This week, we both like football. So there might be a little bit more football chat in the podcast this week. But then I was like, I mean, I was like, oh, I don't know. So it surprises me that he would have listened to that one and that one only and not sort of been curious to check out the other one. So then I was not sure if he'd actually heard it because it's the first time it's ever come up before. And he seemed yeah. to know a bit about the shows, like not just, it wasn't like a vague, like he's aware of tofop.com and the other shows because he's asking about philosophy as well. And he's like, oh, is that part of Will's up? And I said, no, no, like it has a pun in the title, but it's not stand up. He interviews guests, blah, blah, blah. But then he said, oh, it's gone. I went and saw Will do some stand up like 20 years ago when I was um, 20 years old. Oh, yeah. Uh, at uh, the Paddington Bolo. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he said, yeah, yeah. He's gone, I was 20 at the time. And my girlfriend um, was 18. She's still in high school. And he said that we were sitting at this table near the stage and Will was doing his stand-up. And at one stage, um, my girlfriend got up to go to the bathroom and that caught Will's eye. <laughs> and so he turned to me <laughs> and he said something along the lines of like, um, who are you with? Is that your girlfriend? What Did you just pick her up from school? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and he had no comeback. <laughs> the whole room just sort of stopped for about like 20 seconds. Like, and this the, is meant to be fun, not yeah. <laughs> like me discovering a cry. <laughs> yeah. But he said that like there was this kind of like awkward laughter around yeah. the room and you kind of moved on pretty quick because you're like, mm. oh, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. And then he was then trying to... Because that's, ex- that's only a fun riff when it's not true. <laughs> yeah. But then he was trying to explain that, no, no, but, uh, but I'm only 20 myself. Mm. I only finished like high school two years to go myself but he said by that stage the crowd that crowd had gone <laughs> to them. report you to crime yeah. stoppers anyway was this this is not the same woman that he is now married to no 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 okay. I, I assume i assume this is a different. i mean person. that would be an amazing story if that was the case that that, that you were there for the for the moment that they so there is a chance that he's only listened to two guys one cup because it is now charlie exclusive to the listener app. oh maybe he's only over in listener land and he hasn't like yeah come he, over to this part of the internet. He is he was the opposite of mm. it seems like every follower of ours because yeah. he loves listener. Yeah, he's in like, fact, I don't he, want to listen to anything that's outside the listener. Pretty world. much, he, oh Kamish and Andy the and Howie, Howie games <laughs> and like he started listening to all these podcasts and he's gone oh yeah, listeners my app. He's yeah. gone I think it's like you know twenty and this is not like a Abby button. Chatfield. Yeah, like literally all the biggest podcasts going around are on listener and us. <laughs> And he was like, so that's good. So you're getting paid to do it now. And I said, yeah. yeah. And he said, oh, so um, how's that been? I'm like, rough. Mm. <laughs> you, you would have, like, it seems to be okay now. I think people have accepted it. But at the yeah. beginning, it was rough. Not a lot of people. And he's like, really? I love listener. That's where I get all my podcasts. I was like, well, can you have a word to like about 4,000 people who sent me yeah. like messages over the last couple <laughs> of months? That'd be really great. Thank you. <laughs> that's the problem. You go over to listener and you never want to come back. To the rest of the world and you're just like i like it here didn't yeah. realize this was how the other half were living well Listen i think to all these professionally produced podcasts <laughs> i think for him it was it was he was also talking as if podcasts were invented two years ago mm. like he was he because he was running through yeah. all the podcasts he likes to listen to as if like oh and you know that you know so and so does a podcast and there's one called like the joe rogan podcast i'm like yeah mate just stay away from that one <laughs> you know, just, just or just wait till he has like good guests listen to the one with the good guests but don't listen to the one where he has like some fucking right-wing psychopath on alex jones this will be really interesting no <laughs> no um but uh, that is 
what podcasting is now, right? Like we're very old fashioned, like the world of podcasting. And we knew this was always coming at some point. In fact, um, in Graham Elwood's uh, documentary they made about podcasting, like, you know, a decade earbuds. ago, uh, earbuds, literally in that documentary, I talk about at some stage, the big commercial companies will come in and fuck it up for all of us. And we mm. might as well enjoy it while it's the wild west that it is. And that is eventually what has happened. It hasn't necessarily fucked it up for everybody, but you've definitely seen there is now a mate. Like I'm, I remember for, I haven't had to explain to people what a podcast is for so long. In yeah. fact, I don't, I can't remember the last time I mentioned that I had a podcast and there was anyone who was like, what's a podcast. But the first eight years of us doing this, the majority of the questions you got about the podcast was where do I find out? Does it go out live? Yeah. Do you have to hand me a cassette tape? Do I have to like buy a new computer to listen to it? I do think though that for some people, not our audience, but people who are new to podcasting, there is this kind of misunderstanding about, like, I think that they see Rogan gets 200 million for Spotify and they assume there's like heaps of money in podcasting. And I sort of explain, no, it's much like, the arts in Australia in, in any field, the top guys get paid real well. <laughs> and then there's like a huge gap. And then there's the rest of people just like scrapping around from like Patreon and stuff, which by the way, uh, I've, our Patreon numbers have been growing this year and it's so great. Like, and thank you to everyone. Like I know that we are getting a listener paycheck now and that, and that is helping, but we still do need the Patreon money. Um, I just, uh, I'm getting ready to send out all our top tier prizes, the, the signed posters, um, and there's been like a lot we've had. I'm just looking at the sheets now. There's probably been 20 people have signed up at our top tier in the last two months, which has been great. That, that's yeah, awesome. that's amazing. It is so helpful to us, particularly making this style of niche entertainment that we do. <laughs> but one of one of the people who signed up, uh, and I wanted to get your advice on this because I don't know, is um, Adam Spencer. And mm-hmm. you know, Adam's a big fan of of our podcast. He listens yes. to Tofop and definitely listens to Two Guys One Cup. Has been on Two Guys One Cup numerous times. But Adam has signed up at the top level, the top tier, mm. where he automatically qualifies for an autographed poster. Does he want a poster? Does he want a poster? Now, should we give him a call? Like, do you want to call him now and, and just ask him if he wants a poster? Yeah, sure. Let's give it a All go. Right. Yeah, why let, not? Let's give him let a call. Me, let me Let's just see what's going on. See what's going on. Because I, yeah, I didn't, I mean, because I didn't want to make it awkward for him. Uh, all right. So, okay. It's ringing now. Yes, winner. Uh, Spence, it's uh, Charlie and Will here. We've got you uh, live on a TOEFOP. I hope that's okay. Wow. Yes, bring it on. Just had a quick question for you, mate. Um, I've just been going through the Patreon and um, uh, putting together the top tier rewards for everyone who signed up at the top level. And I noticed that you are supporting TOEFOP at the top level, which is fantastic. We really do appreciate all your support. But my question is, do you want an autographed poster from Will and I? Look, um, it'd feel a little bit stalkerish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite happy for you to sign that. And why don't you fake my signature on it as well <laughs> and give it away to the next person who comes in at the very generous top level of membership that oh. I've uh, supported. 
<laughs> so you want me to forge your signature? Is it hard to do, Adam Spencer? No, I think I can. I've I've seen Spencer's signature enough over the years that I think I could forge Adam's <laughs> signature on a poster. That, that's the single part where I started to feel a little bit uncomfortable with this conversation. But yeah, knock, knock yourself out. Well, I, part of me did wonder, Spence, if it was an accident because I, I do see that sometimes when going through the Patreon that someone has signed up at the top tier and then immediately there's another notification that they've lowered it below the top tier that. They've actually clicked the wrong thing, and I don't. You know, I'm like, okay, I understand. We're not going to charge you for that for that that one mistake. So I just wanted to confirm you did intend to support us at the highest level. No, the, the situation I hopped on and supported you guys a while ago at, at, at some level, just because mm. it's the thing you should do. And I recently had to cancel a credit card because I'd lost it, and it went through. And I'm getting all these notifications for things. And then I heard you guys plug in the Patreon. I thought, I wonder if I'm even still on. So I hopped in to check. And you've got those beautiful tiers of, of, of membership. And I do like cheese. For anyone who hasn't gone on Patreon, there's a big cheese theme right for the different <laughs> levels you can sponsor at. And then I suddenly had this sort of crisis of, like, if I never sponsored, you probably wouldn't notice and you wouldn't judge me for it. But if mm. I chip in at five bucks a year, then there's part of you thinking, really, Spence, that's all you feel the worth? But <laughs> yeah. for, eight bucks, for eight bucks, you could have got a sticker. And then, and then I just progressively guilted myself. And the last one's from the difference between 20 bucks and 27. And I thought, oh, for fuck's sake, okay, all in. <laughs> well, that is well, incredibly Ed, generous do- of you, Adam. I appreciate that very much. You just heard a whistle in the background. It's uh, Narrabeen girls under 12 versus uh, French's Forest currently locked at nil all. Good. Uh, are, you, are you are you in there in an official capacity? Are you umpiring, goal umpiring, running I'm, the boundary? I'm, 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 I'm watching my stepdaughter play soccer football. Um, I did go the very first game of the season. I had to step in and coach them because the coach had COVID. Uh, we won 4-0, playing a 4-4-2 with a floating mm-hmm. deep fake number 10 forward. And um, I immediately announced my retirement from all levels of the game, having achieved everything I could possibly hope for. Hey, uh, Spence, just before we let you go, just a quick question. Um, you, maybe you've been following our obsession with the uh, 90s boy band Five, of which there are now oh, only... Uh, three members like if we were to break that down into kind of like different mathematical equations like the three-fifths of a band like what would be the variations if they want to rename themselves now that they're only three-fifths oh right if they wanted to okay so they're going for 60 percent aren't they <laughs> well 60 in roman numerals is ls yeah. And yeah. that's got a nice feel to it. i like 60 percent i think running at 60 percent is pretty good too yeah LX slash C is 50 over 100 in Roman numerals, and that's looking pretty good. Oh, that's awesome. All right, well, we're hoping to uh, speak to them when they come out through Australia. We won't hold you up anymore, so uh, good luck. We hope your stepdaughter uh, kicks the winning goal. Uh, And thank you for your support, Spence. We do appreciate it. No trouble, little boys. Keep up the fantastic work and the uh, dodgy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) See you, mate. Uh, look at that, the Ange Postacoglu of Australian underage girls soccer. Adam Spencer on the sidelines, uh, giving it up for us, which is uh, very generous. Um, I like that, though, because I've got to say, I thought you were going to ask me whether it was appropriate for Adam, who had been on this podcast, to support the podcast. Like, I've, I I mm. support heaps of podcasts that I've been on. Like, you know, uh, like Josh Earl's podcast, um, Little Dum Dum yeah. Club, you know, things like that, that I listen to regularly. I am a Patreon subscriber of because much like Adam, I believe that it's funny that we, we, we are so generous in, you know, signing up to streaming services for these like, you know, billion dollar companies. And we're like, well, you know, we should pay for this entertainment. But when it comes to these, you know, people who are making something that we love every week and are surviving, you know, on the smell of an oily rag, then, um, well, 
I had an interesting chat with um, Broden Kelly last week. Um, Speaking of people uh, who are struggling, could, a Melbourne supporter who's a member oh, yeah. of the Donna. Must be tough times to be <laughs> yeah. Broden at the moment. Well, I know you've talked about this when you had him on Philosophy, and like they have this kind of attitude towards their output that they want to be unkillable. So it's like they've got yep. the TV show, but they're – because he was – he was saying that like they're exhausted because they're writing their new show. They've been doing this stand-up tour, but they've also been banking like a year's worth of podcast episodes. So they get together like on a Monday and they'll record five, like a week's worth of episodes, five episodes, so that at the end of the year that they won't have missed a week. And it's like, and I was saying to him like, you know, you're, it's incredible like your work that you've, you've achieved a fair level of success. Surely you can take a break. He's like, no, no, we're just always aware that like it could end. Well, he told me, I don't know if he told the story in philosophy about when they were first coming up on YouTube and there was a bunch of Aussie YouTubers who were doing really well, who had like cooking shows and comedy shows and all that kind of stuff. And then after that Logan Paul suicide forest incident and all these sponsors pulled their money out of YouTube, he said they saw a collapse of like the YouTube economy and all these YouTubers suddenly just have no income and they're like, that can't be us. Like we need to, we need to have like other revenue streams. But he was saying that um, Spotify have changed their attitude in terms of podcasters. So a couple of years ago, the Spotify attitude was checkbook. Mm -hmm. Like we're just going to go out, go to Obama, you know, go to Conan or whoever and just say, here's a million bucks. Can you do us a famous person podcast? And that didn't work, which is interesting because, you know, you and I have always believed that like it's a more organic podcast. You can't just sort of come in and treat it like radio and just get a big name. Like there has to be a, an organic building of, of an audience. So now Spotify have changed their attitude and they're doing more of a Marvel um, approach where, you know, Marvel, they will just uh, cherry pick like a director for some indie movies done really well. And so they'll take that director and then they'll put him in front of a franchise, but they can boss him around. So they're going to podcasters who are, have a good audience or potential for an audience and making them sign a big contract, but owning all that content. And I'm like, ah, Ah, capitalism's evil. <laughs> I thought you said when you were saying they were going to go the Marvel route was they were going to have an interconnected universe of Spotify podcasts so that like, you know, Joe That's Rogan would end up yeah, rocking up on like, you know, my mum wrote a porno or M. Rossiano's show or whatever you know, else might be on Spotify exclusively. Well, it's confusing with the platform thing because I know that we are on a bunch of podcast platforms like we're on spotify and stuff but we have no exclusive no. deal with that like i think we're just we're just there and i see like our podcast popping up in all these like uh you know i don't know what they're called like podcast mm. catches or compilate or, or, or whatever it's like tofop on yeah aggregators yeah and it's like well how, how does that work does our rss feed just go out to it's just anyone. out there like just, and then anyone can sell it. Yeah. Basically, our podcast yeah. is the equivalent of like items you might find in your local store. You know, where clearly like somebody's opened a shop in your neighborhood and they're just going down to the local Woolies or Coles or whatever and buying whatever items and then like bringing back things that say not for separate resale and selling them separately. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of those. That's what our podcast is. You just find it on a shelf in a dodgy corner store. There's a kid at my high school who I remember he was so smart he would go past Safeway every morning and buy you know you get like a dozen cinnamon yep. ring donuts and I think it's like it was $2.50 or something for like 12 donuts but then he would come to school and sell yep. them for 50 cents or a dollar each which it was weird out of context when you see like a donut for 50 cents you're like oh, that's a fucking bargain I'll pay 50 right. cents for a donut 
but you don't realize that guy bloody just bought all of them. Did oh, shifty, mate. You could you could have saved yourself by going. To, if you'd just gone to Coles like he'd done, you could have saved yourself all yeah, that money. You're going to be your mind's going to be blown when I run you through the Amazon uh, business model, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I love the idea. Can I say this? I do love the idea yes. that you have become uh, friends with your neighbours, even though that your neighbours have moved away. And um, this story, the, the the bonds that were forged um, in you mm. going over to their house and stealing their dog, re- re- uh, reminded me of a story I read this morning. This is quite serious. So like, I don't know if, how funny this will be, but I'm really interested in your opinion on this. So I read this story okay. this morning about a guy who... Um, he was a, he'd had a pretty rough life, you know, like grew up, kind of fell into, you know, gangs or not even gangs, but just like, you know, um, I think it was in the UK, might've been an English guy, I think, or Scottish guy. And, um, uh, you know, drugs fighting on the weekend, you know, with his mates, that sort of thing. And anyway, punched somebody. Yeah. He'd been at the cricket. It was in England. So this guy had been at the cricket, um, and him and his mates just got in a fight with some guys at the pub because they'd like to fight. He's punched this guy once, he's fallen over, he's, he's hit his head and um, he's ended up dying. And the story is about this guy who like went to prison for it for, for a, a little while and then eventually has come out and turned around his life and, you know, been telling this story and, you know, he, he has a very successful podcast which was about this story and he's written a book that is about this story. But at the heart of this story is the idea that the parents of the guy that he killed you know with his punch you know eventually forgave him well you know as much as you can forgive someone in that situation and formed a a bond with him and you know supported him through you know turning his life around and studying and having his own family now and these sort of things so how I mean, look, you know, I mean, let's keep this very hypothetical. I won't even make it about your life in any way. But what are your, how do you think you would go in that situation? Like when you hear that story, it was, it was quite an interesting story to, and he was even wrestling with the idea of going, because I've written this book and like, yeah, I've been given some money for this book and they have an issue with the fact that I've made some money out of the fact that like, you know, and he said, "I, I understand that. And, you know, like it's a very difficult area, but I found it quite a fascinating story. Did you, do you think you would have the, power of forgiveness in that scenario i think so i'm just i'm trying to when my father died there was uh potential malpractice involved because um you know he went in for a routine procedure that they had to abort because the like the nurses one of the nurses or or the you know the, the doctor's assistant um put the tube down his throat incorrectly And it led to a puncturing of his lung, and so that, did the, and then that mm-hmm. he caught pneumonia and stuff like that. And so I, I do remember, you know, at some point, lo- like friends who were lawyers talking to mum and saying, "You've got a pretty strong case for malpractice here," and you know, do you want to pursue it? And you know, they, they, they were they're saying it wasn't going to be easy. Like, doc, uh, hospitals are pretty well armored for. And, and I remember sort of mum sort of making this decision of like, well, what will this achieve? Like it's going to be protracted and, you know, it's obviously becomes a different argument now because you're talking about, you know, money and, and lawyers have their agenda invested interests. And I don't know if this makes me feel any better about losing my husband, you know, and I, I don't, I remember there was sort of sections of our family who were really angry and wanted 
revenge or some kind of like justice and stuff. But I think I more identified with where mum was coming from, which was like, I, this is a horrible, unfortunate incident and I don't want to drag this out or use my anger to <laughs> power this pursuit because just say, you know, we'd won some money or, or, or something like he's still gone and, you know, maybe the money helps pay the mortgage or, you know, puts me through school or whatever, but I don't think it actually addresses the issue. It's kind of like that argument around the death penalty. You know, like um, someone commits a horrible crime against you. Like, is the is that punishing that person with by death? Is what is that doing for you? So, Which yeah, is an I think argument I that I find pretty easy to have in an intellectual sense, except when Amy brings it up and says, "Like, if somebody murdered me, wouldn't you want them to have the death penalty?" I'm just like, <laughs> well, I know there's no good way for me to get out of this conversation now because yeah. for you, I meant to say yes, but I guess you won't be around. So technically, I'll probably be more forgiving. I mean, who knows? Like, I, I've never, you know, knock on wood, never been in a, a situation where something has been so egregious as that. Maybe, like, it sounds like this, you know, coward punch or whatever it was. Like, I guess it's all about context, right? Circumstance. That sounds like it was, it was not premeditated. No, he didn't intend to. You know, it was an accident. He intended to punch him. He kill didn't anyone. intend to kill him. And, and, you know, it's also like, you know, think about when we were, when we were teenagers, like boys fight, like it's an unfortunate reality that you go to parties and pubs or whatever, and you see guys punching on and one mistimed punch or a guy hits his head or whatever, it could all end badly. And, you know, I wasn't a fighter, but I had friends who love fighting and I don't think any of them went out with the intention of killing anyone and they're sort of young men. So yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a complex, it's a complex hypothetical, but I would hope in my heart that I would be able to find a more constructive um, way forward. Like, yeah, I guess it depends yeah. on the circumstances. It's interesting. It's a very. It is yeah. interesting. It's it, like it, it, it's. Do you ever have revenge fantasies? No. Like, not necessarily no. about violence, None. but like even like fuck the people who doubted me, fuck the people who fired me, fuck the people you know like. I mean. Is it a strong would, motivator? I know lots of people where it is. Like, maybe at you know th their entire careers are built around the fact that they were bullied yeah, in high school. I mean, <laughs> it's like <laughs> maybe early on there was a bit of like you know, fuck you, I'll show you or whatever, but not for a very long time. And you know, I am very much of the you know, yeah, look, if you're out for revenge, dig two graves sort of philosophy, which is like, yeah, yeah. just who cares? Like, a I would much prefer mm. a wrong be done to me than me do a wrong to somebody else like i don't know if you're the same yeah. but if that's my scenario like i recently i think i might have told you about this i can't remember if i mentioned this on the on the show or not actually because it was somebody that i like a friend of mine who sent me a text message that was not designed to be sent to me it was a text message about me that they were sending to somebody else. oh no and it was... Was it Alex Williams? Because he's done that to me as well. <laughs> he made fun of my accent, my American accent. So I thought it was no good. <laughs> and it was one of those scenarios where, like, I was more amused than hurt by the idea that, like, because I understand that we all live in a world that you can love somebody and talk shit behind their back or have fun at their expense. In fact, 
often it's the people I love the most that you can do that about. But it's still like I, I prefer it to happen behind my back. I don't want to, I don't necessarily mm. want to hear about it or get a random text yeah. about it. But I've got to say, because like, like I didn't really share it with many people because I didn't want to also embarrass this person who had sent it, you know, by kind of saying it's, yeah, going, look what this person sent to me. But I shared it with a couple of close people just because, you know, you've got to in that scenario. And a couple of them were like, oh, my God, you should really, like, be upset about that. And I'm like, my overwhelming feeling was I'm glad it was them sending it to me and not me in the same scenario. Yeah. Like, I, if I was them, I know how bad I would feel about the fact that that had happened that was enough. I did not need to pile anything on in that scenario. I would hope that if I was ever in that same situation and the person who received that would hopefully take it in the spirit that I took it. Yeah. I, 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 um, I think that sometimes to my own detriment, I will see the other side of the story. Like I think it frustrates Jen, probably like Amy actually as well, that when Jen feels affronted or hard done by, that I will take the approach of, okay, well, let's, you know, yeah. break this down and you know, work out what's going on here and like I'll intellectualize it and try and, because that was just the way my mum was like, and that's the way I was, was raised is, you know, mum was, I think it was a lot to do with her having been through so much trauma with losing a child and losing a husband and her mum all within the space of a 10 year period. She just got to a point where she couldn't, she didn't have the emotional um, resilience to, to just flare up at everything she created an armor around her that she would just try and process things through like an intellectual and then try and break them down and that was how that was her coping mechanism for, for good or ill but I think that a lot of that has sort of flown on to me where you know I when Jem feels like someone has fucked her over or she's affronted by something I'm always like well you know let's sort of you know the, 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 not that I'm defending the person but I'm just like there's, there's, let's not put energy into fucking hating that person. Just mm. ignore it. Like it's, it's similar to the list <laughs> thing. It's like, I get that you don't fucking like that we've moved, but just don't tell us. We don't, we, yeah. we don't need to know, but yeah. Talk shit uh, behind our backs. That, fine. But behind our backs guys. <laughs> yeah. But then, then, but then having said that there are people who I feel affronted by, or, you know, that I hold grudges against that, I often have to like counsel myself about like, I guess it's people who trigger my insecurities or whatever, you know, I feel intimidated by them or I always, I feel, I feel judged by them. And it's generally people who don't say a lot. I start inserting <laughs> like a, a monologue or a narrative yeah, into so them. It's you're like not even not being talking. judged by them. You're being judged by you. Yeah. By me. Yeah. 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 I'm creating the narrative around it, but it is interesting that I'm off. Cause I'll ha often have this thing too, where, I'll meet someone over, mm. say, like, you know, the first six months that I've, I've, I've known them, I'm like, fuck that person, fuck that. And then I get to know them and I'm like, oh, I actually quite like They've this person. They've been nice the whole I just, time. I've misunderstood. I've been terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've just, I've just misunder I've misunderstood the way they interact, you know. They're just uh, someone who kind of – just because some people – like, there's a lot of people who are weirdos, especially in your mm -hmm. profession. Like, the amount of fucking comedians I've met who are like – wow, like on stage, you're so kind of like vivacious and friendly and articulate. And then you meet them, uh, you know, and it's like they can barely string a sentence right. together. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, they, all right, I'll just, I'll just, you know, admire you from afar. I won't try and get any kind of personal connection because I think that doesn't exist. I think, you know, what I'm seeing up there is this artifice or whatever. But yeah, I, I definitely feel like 
for me, I, my, my defense mechanism is always like, let's see both sides of the story or, you know, what's the full context of this situation. I have flown off the handle about stuff. Like there was a time where mum got ripped off by this, this con man. And I was so fucking angry and was like, you know, let's track him down. Let's call the police. Let's do this. And mum was just like, ah, you know, it's fucking, you know, they stole a bit of money. Like, I don't care. Like to, it, in her mind, the, the reward for, you know, getting justice was not worth her mental, um, you know, the tax, the, the taxation on her, her, her mental health. She just was like, I don't care. You know, I've, I've been through enough shit. I mean, even that idea of these overseas cons, mm. like, you know, it's terrible that they take advantage of vulnerable people. Like, that is absolutely terrible. And they do prey, you know, most regularly on vulnerable people. But the chances are the scammers at the other end of the line are, are vulnerable people as well. They're living in, like, third world countries or places that, yeah. you know, a lot of the time, you know, these overseas scams are just a whole bunch of people in the equivalence of a yeah. call centre who are being, you know, employed on minimum wage to be, you know, scamming these like wealthy yeah. foreigners in their mind. So there's victims. I mean, there's clearly like a syndicated crime network yeah, behind don't it. Blame but the... Like the actual people who are doing the scams are also. Well, it's, it's like that baby formula shortage in America at the moment. And people are getting like arrested for stealing baby formula. And you're like, hang on, should we just not like think about this? Like, they're not stealing money or personal possessions. They're stealing a necessity to keep a child alive and you want to arrest them. To like, keep their baby alive. That's, uh, These something... criminals. That's right. Let's <laughs> fuck for you. the crime Throw the book of at wanting them. their baby to still be alive. Now, I think it... I think in that moment, surely you'd be like, but if I don't feed my baby, I'm in more trouble, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, we'll get some mail to get through, just a little bit of correspondence. Before we do that, why don't we plug our Patreon? So um, tofop.com, no, patreon.com slash tofop, that's yes. our Patreon. You can go there. We're about to record a bonus episode every fortnight. We try and put up a bonus episode. Heaps of other great bonus content up there. Uh, if you like any of our shows, if you like uh, Fofop or Tofop or Two Guys, One Cup, or even you know old episodes of Velocity, there's a huge back catalog to go there and you want to support us. That is the best way to do it. Like Adam Spencer, you can sign up at the top tier. Uh, but unlike Adam Spencer, we'll send you a poster. Um, uh, we've also got a, a podcast, Two Guys, One Cup, on the Listener App, exclusive to the Listener App. I know we've talked about it a lot, um, but it's actually doing great. And that's all because of you guys. And um, the more of you that come across and listen to it, the better it is for us. Uh, the more listener want to keep us on board, which means we can keep doing all the shows. It all feeds, all goes into one giant funnel called tofop just a big funnel that feeds back to tofop.com to make sure we can do we can do all the shows uh absolutely and yeah all james fosdyke's original artwork like comic strips like there's so much great stuff if you're a fan of tofop and fofop in particular like you know so much great art and extra bonus content if you go to the full episodes and if you're a full videos philosophy there's still a bunch of people who are on the philosophy patreon page and i've had messages from people saying that they're just happy to stay there in the hope that it will come back at some stage and they know that it all goes to tofop but if you want to move over from the philosophy page to the tofop page it obviously unlocks all that uh, bonus content um and go to tofop.com to check out all our podcasts everything goes up each week uh, who's on Fofop this week, Will. Uh, recording it this afternoon. It is another Hamofop. Justin Hamilton. Great. Justin Hamilton will be back. 
Fantastic. And uh, before we get to the letters, you got any live shows to plug? I do, actually. Uh, my, the final little run of my live shows is Brisbane this weekend. So uh, when you're hearing this, hopefully, if you're hearing this in the week that it comes out, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night at the Brisbane Powerhouse, I am doing my award-winning show, Willogical. And then on Sunday night, uh, the night after the election, I have two back-to-back What You Talking About Will shows, a 5 o'clock and a 7 o'clock. I've never done two of those improvised shows in a row. So that's going to be about uh, nearly three hours on stage in a row of improvising the night after the election. So all I would say is, look, either way, I guess I'll have plenty to talk about that (laughs) night, but I hope that I've got fun things to talk about rather than real sad things to talk about on the Sunday night. But come and see me in Brisbane. Uh, We are looking at Darwin and Canberra and some other places to come and do shows, but uh, none of those are locked in at the moment. And we always forget to plug it, but we have a YouTube channel, uh, TOEFOP oh, yeah. TV on and YouTube. it's great. It's great. And so every week we put up highlights from the show. Uh, Podcast Mark does a great job with that. And also, just a little plug for me as well, Dad Pod is coming back. I thought it was coming back on uh, this week, uh, May the 16th. I just checked my last email from Osha, but I, I can't see anything confirming that. That was the last discussion. Look, it's coming out at some point. We've actually been banking lots. Of, like the boys from Auntie Donna, Osha and I have been banking episodes. So I've got, I think, close to 14 episodes this new season. New format this year. With, I reckon the first three seasons, we're, we're trying to work out what the show is. And we what we kind of realized is that we are not the experts. We shouldn't be giving the advice. So the new format is working really well. We're just Osha and I talking about our experience as dads. And then we bring on an expert to explain what the what we're doing wrong. Uh, so it's been really good. So Dad Pod, we can be back soon. I'll publicize that on the socials. But let's get oh, to can some I, mail. Sorry, can I just I, quickly mention Gruen Nation? Um, uh, we've done, uh, we're doing two specials around the election. So uh, one happened last a week. So that is up on ABC iView. And the second of those specials will happen uh, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out. We'll be on air tonight. But otherwise, you can catch it on ABC iView. Oh, and so we'll one more plug as well. Um, I'm on 10 questions with Adam Soir. Uh, oh, nice. A couple episodes ago guys my second appearance on adam's show and then adam came across and did fofop to talk about his book 12 summers which is the previous episode to the hammo flop all can be found at tofop.com this is from rachel she says hey guys are you aware of the popularity of aussie gold and opal hunters in the uk we've got a channel here called dmax which shows hours upon hours of shows about australians hunting for gold and opals My dad, a 50-year-old British taxi driver, is completely obsessed, and we need to know, is it as popular as they've made it seem? Why are there so many of these shows? I know so much about this profession, and in true top-up fashion, it's completely useless information. What well, is firstly, d Max sounds like could be a new member of the Boy Band 5. Five so yeah. if they're looking to add someone <laughs> to the roster. <laughs> um, I, there is a channel in Australia called Seven Mate, and Seven Mate is predominantly these shows, like right. about men operating big machinery, either they be in like, you know, mines of some kind. I have never watched a single episode, but I've seen plenty of ads in between things that I am actually watching for these shows. Uh, I am not aware of any of these shows. I'm not I'm not even um, sure if, if Opal and Gold Hunting is particularly popular in Australia, it hasn't cut through to the mainstream. Let me just say uh, that much. I mean, it? I think that the mining industry is something that, oh, like, yeah. you know, obviously, Australia is pretty famous for. Charlie, <laughs> yeah, I don't right. know if you. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Opal mining is, you know, huge. It's but, but it mostly happens, I think, in Western Australia. Or but that, these guys that, are that amateur. Well, not amateur, but they're like independent opal and gold miners. It's not just hanging out with like 
Rio Tinto and shit, is it? I mean, it kind of is, though, I think. Well, oh, I mean, I don't it? know. It's the equivalent of ice road truckers or whatever. Okay. Like, so they're know, working for you... a big corporation. They're not yeah, like... Yeah, they're a crew. I, I thought they were Indiana Joneses who were, like, gone oh, out. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe they're independent, Opal. And I, again, I've never watched an episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm only I. going on <laughs> Sorry, Rachel. the ads. Look, the answer is Australians, uh, well, Australia as a country love mining, whether or yeah. not like individual gold and opal miners are like, you know, uh, every second man. I'm, I, I do not know. I, I it's have a none specific in my niche. Circle. I think yeah. it's like one of those things like I can name all the guest judge on Top Chef because I've been watching Top Chef for 20 years. Like, you know, so these people are celebrities to me. And I'm sure there's an equivalence in the sort of, you know, antiques roadshow world and there'd be an equivalence in the golden opal hunters world, I imagine. Yeah. Like, you know, in the same way as the the Mythbusters or the, um, what are those, the guys, the porn stars. It feels a bit like, you know, those shows, the porn stars, where they go around and they sort of find, it, it's, it's that People sort with of personality. thing. It's a crew. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, this is uh, from Jai. Hey guys, have you listened to the new Kendrick song? It's really great and uh, I love the music video too. I want to hear your thoughts about it. Thanks, lads. Uh, I'm not very familiar with Kendrick, so do you want to take this? So I downloaded the new album yesterday. I haven't had a chance to have a listen to the whole album yet, but um, I Kendrick is touring in Australia and it may well be. Oh, look, I've got plans to go to Splendour in the Grass and I'm hoping that Splendour in the Grass happens, but... Um, Kendrick might be the first indoor concert that I have been to in a couple of years because I have already put in my request to buy tickets to the Kendrick Lamar tour. So, yeah, I'm super excited about it. I mean, I think he's the the most interesting, you know, kind of hip-hop artist in the world. And um, I'm really fascinated by the fact that, like, some of the commentary around this album is like, oh, it's so dense and there's not enough bangers and all this sort of stuff. And I'm just like awesome it sounds oh. exactly like what i'm looking for from kendrick i mean this is interesting it sounds like kendrick and five will be in the country mm. at the same time and we know that five mm. are looking for a new rapper ever since right. jay quit is there a <laughs> chance we can get kendrick lamar into five to do the do the raps hey hey guys did you hear what kendrick's done for his new album he's joined the boy band five are there five of them no there's only four but there's four but now one of them is kendrick lamar and he is he's written i like that that kendrick's rewritten like he's written his own raps okay like in yeah, place yeah. of you know jay's raps jay's raps kendrick's come in and he's kind of rewritten the raps but the rest of the songs are completely the same <laughs> They even when they do the name check, they don't even they haven't changed it no. from Jay to Kendrick. They just keep no, it as nothing. Jay. They don't K. mention Kendrick. Okay, well, you can change it to K. It sounds the same. Oh, that's right. He comes yeah. in. Okay, he's changed his name to K. K. And he is now a member. He is now one fifth of the four fifths of the boy band five. Uh, last for the mail here. Uh, see if you can pick the right hand mm -hmm. turn this letter takes okay. at some point. This is from Sebastian. Hey guys, a bit of a sappy email. Just wanted to say thank you for everything you've helped me through. I started listening to TOEFOP when I was 14, despite the audio warnings at the beginning of every episode. No idea why I was listening to the podcast or at any podcast of that age. I should have been playing outside or something, but I did. Anyway, four years later, I've just turned 18. I'm about to graduate high school. Throughout some of my middle school and all of my high school, you guys have been with me every day of the week. 
Um, you go uh, through all the insane chaos that comes with growing up into an apparent adult, even though I don't feel like it, you guys have been constant in my life. Of all the mistakes I've made in the last four years, listening to you guys was not one of them. And I appreciate your constant love and support in my day-to-day life. However. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> soon I'm going to Iceland for college uh-huh. and I'm absolutely terrified. Uh, again, one of the biggest po- podcasts in Scandinavia, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> we are killing it, killing it. Oh. Uh, uh, weird crime dramas and TOEFOP are the two biggest forms of entertainment <laughs> in Scandinavian countries. Uh, soon I'm going to Iceland for college and I'm oh. absolutely terrified of this huge change. But one thing I know, or at least I hope will not change, is having you guys with me all the way over there. So thank you so much. And I'm sorry if this email you've made you feel old at all. P.S. Do you have any tips on how to sneak weed, edibles, or medication onto a plane? <laughs> it's a pretty big concern of mine, and I feel like you guys might have some, uh, a few good or very bad ideas. Okay, so here's what I would suggest. Boogie board bag. What you need <laughs> is a boogie board bag, because the one thing we all know about Iceland, great for bo- boogie boarding. So I, from what I know about Iceland, if your concern is how do I get weed to Iceland, in the same way as you don't need to bring flood water to Lismore at the moment, yeah. uh, I think you'll be sorted. I think you'll be fine once you get to Iceland. They'll they'll sort you out. If it's about sneaking it onto planes around Australia, I'm not sure that that is something that we can uh, endorse. necessarily endorse. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about uh, uh, weed is it tends to be in most countries, even Iceland. And, you know, I mean, you're pretty close to Europe. I'm sure there's some shipments coming out from Amsterdam. You'll find it. You'll be fine. Yeah, you know what? Just get a just get medically it'll find certified. You. If you yeah. don't find it, it'll find you. <laughs> uh, hate me, put me in here. Love's going to bust me out or, or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that is Toe Flop for this week. I'm Charlie Clawson. Just give me three seconds, then I'm going to rock you. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. Cool things for cool people.